0: This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's President and CEO, Zach Vassar, also Artistic Administrator and Principal Second Violin, Merwin Hsu. We also have the Toledo Symphony's Marketing Director, Felicia Candy, with us today. Welcome, all three of you. Great to be here. Glad to have you. We have a bit of a a holiday theme today since this episode will be airing the day before Thanksgiving. So we're going to talk about how music relates to Thanksgiving, the whole idea of gratefulness in general, how that's expressed in music, or perhaps just what music kind of makes us feel grateful. But first, we have a little bit of a sidebar here. It just so happens that the Toledo Symphony is doing something kind of cool this weekend. They are co-presenting, along with the Stranahan Theater, Disney's Nightmare Before Christmas. You remember that Tim Burton film? Well, they are going to be uh, performing the musical score by Danny Elfman. That's happening at 8 o'clock p.m. this Saturday night at the Stranahan Theater. You can find out all about it at the Toledo Symphony website, ToledoSymphony.com. So for our little quiz, not really a quiz, kind of a musical show and tell, we'll just see what happens here. I uh, asked all three of you independently ahead of time to provide me with a little piece of music or a few pieces of music so we can mix it up and uh, try to see how well you know each other. Pieces of music that, that <laughs> depict what would, w- well would be your theme song, right? If, if somebody made a movie out of your life, it could happen. This would be your theme music that you would request. So I've got them all shuffled up here, including myself. And we'll just go through them in 30-second increments and see if uh, y'all can identify who they belong can, can to. Can I make a prediction? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. You, you, you may. If we hear the Office theme song, yeah. it's Felicia. Okay. (laughs) Well, we'll see. I mean, some people sort of stayed on the straight and narrow classical road, and other people took, you know, little diversions here and there. Let's let's go through them one by one. This is miserable. (laughs) This is bad MIDI. No, it's actually an arrangement for bassoons. Bassoons, bassoons, yeah. plural oh, that's of the awesome. uh, the saber what's, dance
1: yeah what's the I, what's the top line though is that actually a bassoon play no.
0: yeah those are uh, that maybe that just is on reeds no, a, okay. maybe just yeah, on it reeds it could be reed. Yeah, yeah. 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 fascinating huh who does that belong to no, no. well there's, there's one I, reed player among us so <laughs> <laughs> that's mine that's yours. That's one of mine. Actually, Wonderful. and I was a reed player too. I was a bassoonist, by the <gasps> oh, way. Oh, perfect! But I have two little kids I at had home, such so that's <laughs> high hopes for you. <laughs> that's my. Uh, that's one of my theme songs. It makes me think back to Peewee's Big Adventure. Remember that? Exactly. Right.
1: Yeah. And and just pulling the chains out of out of the uh, the endless chain out of his uh,
0: bike uh, his storage compartment. That should be the next uh, collaboration with the Stranahan. Huey's <laughs> <laughs> Big Adventure. Play I the like score this for idea. That, wouldn't that be Wasn't fun? Wasn't that Danny Elfman as well? I think so. Yeah. Here's the second one. We're all swaying along to the music. Zach is staring intently at the uh, everybody trying, trying to, to figure faces, out who it yeah. is.
1: Somebody has a look of nostalgia yeah. in their eyes. But so. you could
0: be, you know, it could be yours. You could be trying yeah, to throw try us off. are aren't you, Zach? Yeah. Good, good. Okay. I'm far too competitive. Anybody want to jump out there and say who it is? All right. Fess up. Whose is it?
2: It's mine. It's Felicia's. Yes. What was that piece? Uh, Oblivion by Astor Piazzolla.
0: Now, what does that say about you? <laughs> uh,
2: you know, I had to really carefully think about this and... And I think that uh, we all kind of go through life just kind of living it and then, you know, l- looking back on things, then you realize how it fits into the bigger picture. Yeah. So, where does so
0: Oblivion fit into your bigger picture? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a Calgon take me away kind of <laughs> piece of music, right? It's beautiful it's though. Kinda, yeah. It's kind of a daily escape. Here's the next one. Big
3: girls don't cry, Big girls. <laughs> Okay, that's Zach.
0: That's totally Zach. But <laughs> well, he's getting into it. It's his pep talk. <laughs> that's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> so sing along. Any guesses who that is? Oh, I, I already went on record, so I have to say yeah. Same, same. Actually, it's my wife's. So I just had to throw <laughs> one in there. <laughs> for fun little monkey wrench musical monkey wrench Ah. can I
1: just thank you for your vote of confidence (laughs) absolutely if this were wait wait, don't tell me I would have just gotten a point
4: (laughs) (laughs) okay next
0: one you recognize this Beethoven Mm -hmm. Uh, Pathetique Pathetique yeah this is Carl Haas's uh, theme music I think well Carl Haas is not here today Unfortunately. This this is actually an extended version because the the person who brought this up also mentioned this song. Yes. Little Billy Joel. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I mean he was at least he gave Beethoven a writing credit, you know, when you look at the album. Anybody have an idea? It is somebody in this room that chose that music.
1: Mm, it's not oh. the
0: office, but I, I'm going to go Felicia again. Felicia, <laughs> what do you say, Felicia?
2: It's me. It's me here. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Why did you choose this one?
2: Um, I think I I've always loved the Beethoven's Pathétique Sonata. It's um, it reminds me of like the high moments in my life, like you know, yeah. First love, getting married, brand new baby. Yeah. So I thought it was fitting.
1: And the Billy Joel tie-in?
2: The Billy Joel tie-in? Well, you know, just put words to it. So. Right. <laughs> it was kind of
1: perfect. <laughs> I remember he the first it. time I heard that song, I, I just about jumped out of my chair and said,
2: this is Beethoven. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was happy
1: to see that he
0: actually yeah. did yeah. give some credit to it It's like the first time I, I heard uh, um, Carmen, I thought, this is the Bad News Bears. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just kind of uh, in reverse. That's yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know that much about opera at the time. Here's the next one.
4: Secret agent. Man. <laughs>
1: I know the answer to this one. <laughs> uh, well, Merwin can't Thanks keep for a hiding. secret.
0: <laughs>
1: now I think you made a joke about this at a chamber concert once. Yeah, yeah I
0: did. You did. Yeah. Why'd you choose this one, Merwin?
3: It's a uh, it's a sense of humor slash misheard lyric thing. I have always thought this was secret Asian man for a very, very long time. And so this was always my at-bat music. Like, if you were going to, like, you know, go, yeah. go go to the plate and you get to choose your own at-bat music, this would have been mine. The rest of the lyrics don't fit, even remotely. But, wow. <laughs> but, <laughs> I've heard
0: that from other people, actually. Yeah misheard lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. <laughs> Definitely not from the classical Is canon. Is this Hawaii Five-O? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Are you
0: an aspiring Jack Lord? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I chose this one. And I really don't know why. I just thought it was cool. <laughs> Like, the first thing that came to my mind when I was thinking, what would be a good theme song? And and I heard those drums, and that was it. How is that? Yeah. So, there it is. Now, I don't know this song.
1: What a beautiful face I found
4: in this place That is circling all around the sun
3: So, we know it's not yours, Brad. What yeah. Well, I like the lyrics, though. You always like discovering new things it could, yeah. it could be him
2: well can't be me i already had two soft and sweet, soft
0: and sweet. who does that describe it's got to be merwin again
3: <laughs> i will confess to this yeah. this is mine. <laughs> what, what was that piece um it's neutral milk hotels um in the airplane over the sea and it's just a very um very beautiful expression of carpe diem Um, It's, you know, and just, you know, finding beauty where you can and, you know, embracing the time that you have now.
0: I like it. It's a nice contrast from the secret agent, man.
3: (laughs) Not so much. I think of them very similar. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I like how you all sort of like trying to stare into each other's eyes and figure out what music belongs to who.
3: It has to be. Yeah, I haven't had any yet. Yeah, it, yeah, it has to be. be.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I guess I put all of yours at the end. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Shuffle is really tricky when you're yeah. trying to do this. You have to come so up with Zach. a special sequence.
1: That was yours. That Gershwin, was me. Yeah. Right? I just feel like um, in uh, day-to-day life, I, I feel like I'm buzzing about. I'm dashing from one meeting to the next. I'm trying yeah. to keep a happy face on. And, and I remember when I was um, watching... Uh, Fantasia 2000 they did this great Very animation beautiful. of Rhapsody in Blue and they had everybody kind of um, uh, chuntering along on the subway at that moment in the Rhapsody in Blue yeah. and I just felt like yeah it is moving that's the sort of perpetual motion I feel right there so that's uh, that. that is how I what I hear in my mind when I'm racing from one point to another okay well, let's hear this next one
0: This is just a drop-the-needle thing, because this person chose a 40-minute piece of music.
3: (laughs) Who would be so presumptuous? (laughs) Well, I actually did presume to choose a 40-minute piece of music. This isn't...
0: (laughs) Oh, well, that narrows it down, then. We know it's not you, Merwin. Felicia, is it you? No. No. It's not me. It's me. me. So it's Zach again.
1: Yeah, so, uh, way to put two in the middle right here uh, that are both mine, but... um, Again, if we think about Fantasia, I remember when I was a little kid, my mom would encourage me to listen to classical music and develop your own sort of um uh, story. Yeah, I'm thinking the own, my, my own movie. So when I saw Fantasia, right. I thought, yeah, this is exactly what my mom was trying to tell me about that music can tell a story and you can imagine in your mind and maybe it's dancing hippos, maybe it's something else. But, you know, for me, you know, Strauss in particular always has a sense of cinematic drama for me. And when I heard the Alpine Symphony for the first time, I, um, I felt like I'd already heard it. You know, it just, it sounded exactly like an Alpine adventure you know yeah. you, you have this great sunrise you go up to the summit you go back down there's this great sunset and finale at the end and, and along the way there's a lot of moments of self-doubt and introspection and are you going to be able to get up there and there's a big storm that tries to you know beat up the protagonist and yeah. so you know it, not necessarily for my life but for life in, in general i feel like this is a very cinematic score that could really just be a, a wonderful Soundtrack to to you know working hard and celebrating successes and you know the the, the getting there. What Felicia was talking about. Oh, what that,
0: you have to do. Maybe this will be on your bucket list: is to to make a journey into the Alps. Take mm-hmm. your you know MP3 player with you and listen. To, <laughs> it'll take a little longer than forty minutes, probably. To get <laughs> do to you remember the, the Jack back. Krakauer book, the um, Into Thin Air? No, is about
1: uh, scaling Everest and some disasters that they experienced up there. But I remember very <laughs> particularly reading this on vacation with the Alpine Symphony playing on just constant repeat. And uh, wow, yeah, who does that? I don't know. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> so do you
3: pl- like play La Mer on like, uh, like French <laughs> French only, only, if only if
0: I'm on a Viking River cruise and the
4: everything, yeah. has to match. everything has to match. That's great. I
0: mean, you think about the luxury, though, that we have music on demand. Back in, uh, yeah. you know, in, in, the pre-recording days, mm-hmm. uh, you had to be wealthy and or, or make music at home. You know, you only heard it when it was performed live. Uh, we've got just one more. Let's hear it. what it is, Beethoven, mm-hmm. String Quartet. Which String Quartet is? Opus 135. By oh, the way the end, right? Yeah. yeah. So whose choice was this? Everybody's looking at Merwin. Well, I know it's <laughs> one of his favorites. Yeah. yeah. Fess up, Merwin. It is mine. Um, Did you get three selections? Yeah. I thought we I,
1: only had two. I thought we were allowed only yeah. two.
0: <laughs> I only had so much time
3: to put all this together, so. <laughs> um I think... That particular quartet, probably more than any other piece of music. Um, um, it certainly for Beethoven, it has had this special significance ascribed to it because it happened to be his last fully completed work. And also because over the last movement, he, ha- he wrote this epigraph like, Muses sein, must it be? And then sh- um, shifted it to Esmus sein, it must be this like mm-hmm. embracing of his fate. And I think. You know, whether he meant that to be something of great personal significance or it was something that he actually was just, um, kind of throwing together at the last minute he needed to finish a commission and get the right number of pieces in. Um, we'll never really know for Mm. sure, but I, I kind of have always loved. This particular quartet and that movement's a great choice.
0: One yeah, and you said that it goes on your Thanksgiving playlist too. So Absolutely. we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But uh, let's go back and and just explain to me how this concert is hap- working at the uh, the hand. So they're going to actually show the whole movie. Is that the idea? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the orchestra will play the score, right? So
1: imagine you take the movie, but you you have a big soundboard and you just move that that knob that has the uh, the orchestral score. The Danny Elfman music just goes down to zero, and that's what we get to play live. So there's this idea that we're that we're playing along with, but that we're very much a part of the experience of watching the movie. Right. And and this has become really really successful and popular in the industry. I think the TSO did this a couple of years ago with the Wizard of Oz <laughs> at the Stranahan, and uh, it's something that we will you know, certainly look to do more frequently.
0: Yeah, it was seems to be something that people enjoy mm-hmm. seeing and watching and going to. Um, now, who's conducting it? And I imagine it's kind of a challenge where you have to like stay in with mm-hmm. the the movie and all that sort of thing.
3: There is a click, uh, kind of a click track that's yeah. very specifically timed. Some some of the movies that are really really difficult, the click track goes to. Every section of musicians, um, like every principal has oh, a, okay. but in this particular case, though it's a difficult score, it's certainly a tricky score, it's not one of the most difficult. So, hey, hey Merwin, if, why don't you explain what a click track is? I don't know that everybody understands that term. Well, depending on who's kind of, um, manufacturing it, there's often a, there's kind of like a really obnoxious countdown right before you're supposed to, it's like, <laughs> you know, X number of pieces will be like, um, Flying monkeys in five, and four, and three, and two. <laughs> click, click, it's like a click. So sets nice. exactly the beat that, that you you have to <laughs> we do. Wicked Witch in five. So you get this sense of exactly what your preparatory beat is supposed to be. And that allows you to kind of, with so many quick changes in timing that have to meet up with screen action, that's exactly what a click track allows you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So you can imagine, if
1: you're if you're the orchestra, and uh, let's take uh, a moment where uh, a monster or a character is going to jump out from around a corner. If you don't nail that bang, right. <laughs> you might as well not have played it. So yeah. that's what the click track tries to help you anticipate. Yeah. When so was, it's a very important part of the
0: equation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the movie Nightmare Before Christmas is like about Halloween, right? Or I've never seen this movie. So tell me what what the what it's about. Has anybody here seen it? So no, it, it, no, it, it is a um, it's
1: it's it's connected to Halloween because the main character Jack Skellington is is you know he's a he's a skeleton, and there are a lot of you know very Tim Burtony. Um, pumpkins and ghouls and goblins, but yeah. it is called The Nightmare Before Christmas. So it is a Christmas movie right. with a lot of Halloween undertones. And So we're skipping to, Thanksgiving, basically. Well, w- w- the symphony wants to be equal opportunity. We don't want to really <laughs> prefer Christmas or Halloween, so we're just going to do it the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It makes sense to me.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we're going to make up for the Thanksgiving uh, deficit in in the the symphony schedule by talking about Uh, our Thanksgiving playlists today. And going back to Beethoven, Merwin, I think Beethoven is such a great selection Mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving because uh, people may or may not know, of course, that he went deaf Mm -hmm. uh, right when he was really coming into his own as a composer, something he struggled with. But there's something about Beethoven where he always was kind of reinventing himself or creating himself through that struggle, and you hear it in his music all the time. Like mm-hmm. the symphonies that – the Fifth Symphony, you know, that has this tragedy to triumph uh, journey that's sort of like a miniature journey that he was undergoing each and every mm-hmm. day facing all this adversity. And the piece that you talked about, the Opus 135 String Quartet, which came later in his life, is really a, a great example of Well,
3: that. I think that um, – for me personally, the idea of the string quartet is something I'm thankful for. The idea of taking like minds working together to, you know, kind of have this extraordinary musical conversation. And when a composer like Beethoven is as willing to share his soul, um, on, on, on those pages, you really get the chance to commune. Um, and that's, it's just an amazing feeling, I think. Um, If we're talking about Thanksgiving and Beethoven quartets, there is actually a hymn of Thanksgiving in the Opus 132. You just took my next comment. (laughs) Where, um, in the interest of sharing across a, you know, in a chamber music fashion, I'll I'll share my comment with Zach.
1: (laughs) it is it's a um isn't it it's a it's a thanksgiving hymn but it it, it has a sense of recovery Absolutely, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's something the translation
3: spotty but it's like the convalescence hymn of thanksgiving yeah and there's this sense of this kind of um um pr- almost prayer to mm-hmm. to the divine and as well as kind of reflecting in the music his sense of being healthy mm-hmm. and be feeling new energy, um, kind of these alternating sections that feel corral like and then have this vitality. And I, so many people at Thanksgiving yeah. are grateful, you know, both, both in, in kind of a prayerful way, but also thankful for their health. And yeah. I think so, um, I think Thanksgiving. Certainly, it can be some somewhat of a problematic holiday in our kind of nat, you know national consciousness. It happens to have been my favorite, and I love the idea of gratitude. So I think that's what mm-hmm. I chose to focus on, as opposed to you know some, yeah. some of the political implications. Of w- what about Canadian Thanksgiving?
2: Ooh, that's so as much you better. Are. <laughs> <It's> earlier, <laughs> <laughs> oh, when is it? It's yeah. in
3: October, so it's, it's separated from the from the Christmas rush a little bit. I,
0: I, I always I forget Canadian, that you're Canadian,
3: so yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I never forget that.
3: <laughs> there is a flag in my office. It's hard to miss. Yeah. And when Felicia Edmonton
1: is doing well. He always wears his hockey sweaters. All oh, right.
3: <laughs> or when they're not, mm. I, I'm pretty loyal.
0: <laughs> Felicia sent me a whole big long list of. I did. Thanksgiving. I, I want to go through I wavered this. Stuff. Wavered. Yeah. Back well, and forth. no, but that's, that's it's good though because you had a lot of different possibilities here, including uh. A uh, hymn tune, "Come, ye thankful people, come." What you sang, you you said you sang with your elementary school. Yes, classes yes. back in the day.
2: We Can, had um, this textbook series uh, at Fremont, and I didn't I didn't really use it too much. But when the holidays came around, it was kind of a you know the kids loved it. And this was um, a simple hymn that I think everyone could um, a- agree on, think about, and um, talk about how. It it opened the avenue to talk about, you know, things that people were thankful for. Uh So it was a, it was a nice little lesson and uh, it had a very simple um, two-part harmony where we could, you know, sing both lines and then sing them together. It was, it was simple, easy to put together Nice. and it just kind of harped on all of the themes of Thanksgiving, you know,
3: harvest,
2: being with people, coming together,
3: food. (laughs) (laughs) So this is you as a teacher, not as a student. Yes. (laughs) You were teaching. I was. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah.
0: I was I was picturing little Felicia in elementary school singing it for us.
2: Yes, I could sing both parts simultaneously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tuvan throat singing. Right? Yes. Um, Secret talent. <laughs> you mentioned a couple of other hymns too, and I, I never put this together. The the Thaxted hymn is that how it's pronounced? The Thaxted yes. hymn is mm-hmm. actually from the planets, or the melody is from the planets. Yes,
2: it's from Jupiter. Right. Um, and this this melody oh, was written by Holst, and it's been put set to you know, many different words. And I think there's one that's um, I vow to thee my country. Yeah. yeah. Um it's also in, you know, hymnals and churches and I remember singing it all the time in church services. So mm-hmm. when I think of Thanksgiving, I think of hymns. And then I think that's where my brain started going and I started <laughs> listening all the hymns I knew. But
0: <laughs> well, then you listed the hymn from Finlandia yeah. John Sebelius. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know, I don't necessarily associate that with Thanksgiving, but I guess it just falls into that same
2: Yeah category. It it does for me, and uh because it I think it just makes everyone pause for a moment and think about family, think about people, um and just kind of let the worries go for a little bit because you can trust a, a higher being to take care of that yeah, for you, you know.
0: Yeah. Do you want to talk about the other stuff? <laughs> <laughs> on your list, your Christmas list of Thanksgiving uh, songs here. W- what I thought was funny is you say, it's tough to find music about Thanksgiving, although you sent me like <laughs> 20 <laughs> different examples. I actually put out a call to my fellow um, program directors of various different radio stations around the country and asked them what sort of things they, they play on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. And I had uh, lots of different uh, responses, some of them kind of funny. Um one person said that they would play Belshazzar's feast on repeat from six a.m. on to repeat. Right? Feast. Um <laughs> My favorite though was uh, somebody who said that they would like to play the Firebird, right, <laughs> for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's cute. Get it? But um <laughs> Brad, okay. I'm happy to Poor see turkey. that you use that on yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, we I, don't have the luxury of that, that, that sound pad over there. I, I didn't know Someone what I was going to get. I just time. stuck my finger out <laughs> to see what happened. But uh, some other interesting stuff, too, and things that I would play on the radio for Thanksgiving. There's like the the Kitchen Review by Boslav Martineau, which is mm-hmm. sort of a do- mm-hmm. domestic little mm-hmm. drama between kitchen utensils. You know, the <laughs> fork runs off with the spoon and they dance at Charleston sort of thing together. That's but, how it works in my house. Yeah. And most people were saying, however, uh, uh, American composers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that's seems to be a really strong component for uh, classical you know, Thanksgiving. So we had a conversation about what does American music sound like to
1: you, and I feel like my answer to that question is is basically my answer to the Thanksgiving question. It's a lot of the same, you know, nineteen twenties to nineteen sixties American uh, American composers kind of fall into that category for me. Yeah. I think I would add in that discussion, uh, Ives came up. So the Symphony Number no. Two by Ives has so many wonderful Americana um, melodies, kind of stitched into it. You had Turkey in a Straw, and you have America the Beautiful. Um, Camptown Races is even in there, so you know that feels very Americana, but it also has that sort of like um, family togetherness, cozy. Uh, cozy Felicia sound. also had Ives on our list, by the way.
2: I did. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Excellent.
1: I'm, okay. I'm happy to at least be complimentary then. Yeah. Uh, but to your your point about the feast and the kitchen music, I would I would add to that the uh, song of the roasted swan from Carmina Burana. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. That's is, a great, is it the swan? I'm trying to think of what the animal a swan is. or a goose it's or a go- something. Yeah, I think like it's that. a goose, but it, it yeah. knows it's being cooked or it's going to the oven, so it's that a might be <laughs> one.
0: it's a really high tenor, which is basically <laughs> the same thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a, a yeah, stroke of genius on Carl Orff's part. Well, we're about running out of time. I mean, as usual with these uh, episodes, you know, we barely scratch the surface uh, of what we want to talk about. But uh, I think it was a fun and interesting discussion today. Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at WGTE.org. And remember, you can check out all the upcoming events at the symphony, including that uh, program Saturday evening at 8 o'clock, which is happening at the Stranahan Theater, the Nightmare Before Christmas with the Toledo Symphony playing Danny Elfman's score. More information at ToledoSymphony.com. My thanks to Zach Vasser, Merwin Sue, and Felicia Canney. I'm Brad Cresswell, and this has been Toledo Symphony Lab on FM91.